Hi, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Beats Research Radio, which is a podcast and a YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in the science and engineering fields. I'm your host, Melanie, and I'm currently a student uh, in the TMM program here at the University of Ottawa. And for today's special episode, which is a part of the TMM 4950 Science Communication course, we will be discussing the MOXODCPT, which is a test that can be used to diagnose ADHD and detect whether or not someone is feigning their diagnosis. In other words, we can look into your eyes and tell if you're lying. So to get a little background, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hypersensitivity Disorder. It's a fairly common neurodevelopmental disorder in children, and it's also present in adults to a lesser extent. So ADHD is commonly linked to a shortened attention span, difficulty with controlling impulses, restlessness, and so on. So although ADHD can be a real challenge to those affected by it, there is a growing number of people who are now faking or feigning an ADHD diagnosis often to receive some sort of benefit, whether that's academic accommodations or access to stimulant medication. In fact, the prevalence of people feigning an ADHD diagnosis is believed to be as high as 48% in certain contexts. Now, there are several negatives to feigning ADHD, including the distribution of stimulants for a non-medicinal purpose, but feigned ADHD also contributes to the stigma regarding the validity of ADHD as a medical condition, which can be very damaging to those who actually do have the disorder. So despite growing concern for feigned ADHD, research into detecting it has not advanced significantly to combat this issue. So today, however, we are here with Dr. Kareem Berger to discuss the potential of a computer-based test known as MOXODCPT for possibly detecting feigned ADHD. So Dr. Kareem Berger is currently a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Saskatchewan. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and English literature, a master's in health and medical psychology, a PhD in neuropsychology, and was a postdoctoral researcher in information and psychological warfare and military media relations. So Kareem, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. I just want to clarify that the MOXO was actually designed to detect ADHD, and our study was what set out to examine if we could find ways to enhance the test so as to identify fakers of the disorder. Okay, awesome. So yeah, we'll get into more of the research that you did using MOXO-DCPT to detect the differences between actual ADHD and feigned ADHD. So before we begin, uh, we saw that a lot of your current research focuses on ADHD. So what sparked your interest in that field? Well, I suppose there are probably many reasons. But if I was really to look back at, I would say part of it was definitely my own experience with ADHD, having only been diagnosed in my 30s. You see, the behavioral patterns in girls are often overlooked. And whereas boys may be disruptive or may act out, girls may be quiet, even if their mind wanders off, and they don't draw attention to themselves, excuse the pun, Uh, so they do not get the appropriate attention or treatment that they should. Whether that was the original reason, it's hard to say, but I've always been interested in the subject, and uh, I would say that that's what what sparked my interest. Okay, so the research we're looking at today uh, describes using MOXODCPT to possibly detect feigned ADHD. So before we go any further into the research you actually conducted, 
What is the MOXODCPT and how does it work to actually detect ADHD? Okay, so CPT actually stands for Continuous Performance Test. The most intuitive explanation is the rate at which we can focus our attention on a continuous task while actually blocking out distractions from anything else. And to understand the CPT, we have to first understand what ADHD is. And I'm going to use an example, if that's okay. Um, That's fine. Think for a moment about what is required of us when we set out to write an assignment. Uh, People with ADHD have difficult paying attention, controlling impulsive behaviors. They may act without thinking or may be overly active. So what what it means that we need to focus on writing the assignment, we have to block out external distractors. If if they are visual, let's say somebody walking outside with his dog, and maybe more realistically, it would be a pop-up of your Instagram message or a pop-up of a Facebook message that you just received. And you would have to block out auditory stimuli that are irrelevant. Again, let's take the example of the man walking with the dog. You would be the dog might be barking outside, or contrary to this, it would be the sound of incoming messages, etc. Understandably, the more we use internet, the more we use uh, mobile devices, we have more distractors coming in all the time. So, how are we able to actually, I would say, block these out? That is the main question. And the Moxa DCPT goes to tries to assess, sorry, tries to mimic this in the test, and we want the, it wants to see how uh, people performing the test can actually do that blocking out while remaining focused. So when doing the Moxo, participants are shown a series of stimuli, and they are asked to to press a space bar only when a specific stimulus appears. In the case of adults, it is I think it's a a card that is a six of hearts. And children are requested to respond to a specific picture of, a, I would say, a, a character that looks like a sweet, like a car- animated character and not to respond and not to click the space bar when they are presented with, with something else that is not that relevant stimuli requested, that is not a relevant stimuli that they were requested to respond to. So what happens is that at first only the relevant and the irrelevant stimuli are presented. Then visual distractors are added. In the MOXO, it would be people shouting or a dog barking. Then there would be visual distractors as well, which is could be a, a car driving towards you very quickly. And after that, both of these distractors together. How the person continues to perform the task while being presented with all these distractions. The test examines four indices. Attention, which is how often the person clicked correctly when presented with a target stimulus. Timeliness is when answering correctly, how often the person did it within the allocated time frame to do so. Meaning I asked what time it is, for example, and the person responded an hour later, it is no longer in the time, in the, in the time allocated for that response. Impulsivity would be responses to non-target stimuli and hyperactivity are responses to non-target stimuli that were coded not as impulsive. All right. So then the focus of your research was actually to assess MOXODCPT's ability to detect feigned ADHD. Like, as you said before, it hasn't really been evaluated in that sense for that purpose. So to do so, how was your study conducted? Uh, well, like you said correctly, ADHD is very common and also very relatively easy to to feign and to fake. And of course, the incentives to do so, so are many. So what clinicians have actually done is they developed tests 
that assess if the person is indeed doing his best or if he's trying to what is called faking bad. Faking good would be trying to make yourself seem better than you actually are. As in, for example, when you're in a job interview, people generally want to seem that seem to appear better than they actually are. And um, faking bad is the exact opposite. So they have created tests called standalone performance validity tests because they want to test the validity of the performance of the person taking the test. The, the thing with these tests is that while they appear difficult, they are in fact very easy to do and failing them actually indicates an increased effort to fail. If they don't do anything, if a person just does the test and randomly clicks the space bar or randomly responses, he should be correct 50% of the time. And if he, somebody gets less than 50%, he made a real effort to get things wrong. So, so this is what the clinicians did to address this problem. And what happened was that now people looking to get accommodations can be coached to do their best when confronted with these tests. They are, they are being told when you see that test that, it's, that you are going to be presented with a series of pictures and you're going to say, you're going to have to say if you remember this or not. Don't fake this part of the test because if you do, they will identify you as being someone who is faking the impairment. So now what we wanted to do was to establish a measure that is not consciously manipulated. How can we test if somebody has indeed the, ha, indeed has the disorder or is faking it? And how can we n- not having know that this is what we're trying to do? We had a simulation study design, which meant comparing the performance of healthy participants with that of those requested to fake the disorder and those with ADHD. Now, they were requested to fake it in a way that is not, doesn't seem too much. Okay. They were requested not to exaggerate. What does that mean? Kind of like when mom says, when you, we say to our mom that we want to stay at home on a test day, but we can't overplay the symptoms because then she'll take us to the doctor and that would defeat the whole purpose. So how would we do it in a way as to get the accommodations, but to manage to not be detected? Okay. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to establish cutoff points that are indicative of feigned ADHD impairment, expecting simulators to do significantly worse than both ADHD people and and people without ADHD. Okay, so then from your research study, uh, what were the results you obtained using MOXODCPT in regards to being able to detect feigned ADHD? So simulators did score significantly worse than the ADHD participants on all four indices. But the impulsivity index was especially useful, and um, it showed outstanding discrimination capacity for, differ- for differentiating between simulators and people with ADHD. And the reason for this, or at least the theorized reason for this, is that it seems that adults who try to fake the disorder are kind of unaware that impulsivity is one of the symptoms that diminishes with age. And while it is expected that children would perform and actually behave in an impulsive manner, adults do so to a much lesser extent. So if they were to go and research this, they might have found that out. But most often people don't know this fact. So when they come and fake the disorder, they overplay the impulsive impulsivity symptoms. And that is a strong indicator of dishonest test taking. Okay. And then also from your research, did you find there were any limitations using the MOXODCPT? Yes. The timeliness, for example, the fourth, one of the four indices is not a good indicator because 
this seems to be the most affected by ADHD, real ADHD. So if people are trying to fake timeliness symptoms, it's more difficult to to say if this is actually ADHD based or if they are faking. So that would be that would I would say that would be one of the problem main problems of the of the study. So from your research, then, what do you believe are the future directions with MOXODCPT and then also maybe ADHD research in general? So to the best of my knowledge, MOXODCPT is not being used to detect feigned ADHD and it is not currently a part of standard diagnostic procedure and um, definitely not as a performance validity scale. So I think that also there's the issue of comorbidity. ADHD symptoms often are very similar to symptoms portrayed by people with depression or people with anxiety. And this is not something that we tested in our research. So that would be something that should be future research should address. Awesome. Well, that actually concludes all the questions we have for you about MOXODCPT. And that concludes our segment on the test and the potential it holds for detecting feigned ADHD. Thank you again, Corinne, for being here with us today. It was really great getting to know more about some of the exciting research that you're taking part in. And on behalf of our podcast team here, we'd really like to thank you for your time and thank all of the viewers for listening. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. On behalf of our director, Dr. Emilio Alarcon, and the whole Beats Research Radio team, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Beats Radio is supported by the University of Ottawa's Heart Institute, the Beats Laboratory, and the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, and Immunology here at the University of Ottawa. Before we leave, make sure to follow our Twitter, our Instagram, and our YouTube platforms to stay in the loop of our latest uploads. We wish everyone good health, and we'll see you all next week.